Greetings and salutations, sports and wrestling fans all across the wide and wonderful internet. Time once again for a glorious edition of the Man in the Arena podcast. Your humble host, Michael Shibley, with you here. Hope you guys have had a fantastic week. It's been a crazy one, uh, so but we're going to break it all down for you. Lots of football going on. You've also got just craziness in the world of sports, but we're going to do mostly good pigskin stuff, which is why, of course... I bring in my pigskin pal, uh, probably not a great nickname, but we'll go with it for right now. My pigskin pal, Mr. Trey Pack out oh, there. How are you doing, sir? I'm great. No, I love it. Literally, I was just like, why have I never been called that before? Yeah, I just, 100% want to be officially referred to as everyone's pigskin pal. All right. Well, we're, we'll, we'll go with that. So, uh, my goodness, it's it was essentially last... Um, on Monday, you had the national championship game, which again, the night before my birthday, uh, the worst birthday present this beloved Tennessee fan could ever get, which was Alabama football winning yet another national championship. Yeah. Alabama destroying Ohio State fifty-two to twenty-four. Yeah, I, I do. I do see where you're coming from. Is it being just you know a terrible Christmas pre- or a birthday present? But you gotta think, say you know, Saban keeps winning these things. Eventually, he's gonna retire, right? Right. Right on top. This is. Yeah. I, I, it, it'd be wild to say we're seeing the end of the Saban era because the only information I've got that from is Twitter. But uh, things have been right on Twitter before, um, so I think if this is not Saban's last year, it's definitely coming close. That is true. He has now won his seventh overall national championship. Of course, he won the one with LSU. And now he's got six at Alabama. Of course, he has now surpassed overall Bear Bryant, winning that seventh one. So we'll see where he goes from here. Someone uh, made a comment on social media, which I loved, harking back to our love of playing the NCAA football games. Uh, back when you could do that. I mean, you c- can still do it, but you, they haven't come out with a new one since 2014. Right. But someone made the comment, Nick Saban has won so much, it's like you are in your dynasty mode when you get bored of winning all the time. So you leave the power that you've created and go to like Wyoming or somewhere and try <laughs> and build a dynasty there. Yeah, it's just it's just like beating the game in Pokemon. It's like, all right, what am I going to do? Level everybody up to 100? No, let's restart. I've beat... I beat the hell out of the Elite Four. I beat the Battle Tower. Let's start over. Yep. And I, I guess I, you know, that sounds so weird to because I don't know what Saban, where Saban goes from there. Um, but he really doesn't have to go anywhere. You know what I mean? He's just kind of, you just got to be done at some point. Yeah. I mean, he enjoys. It seems to still enjoy what he's doing. The only one that anybody's ever really brought up would be to go back to the NFL if he feels like he has unfinished business there because and of course that's where you look at this linchpin of big what if questions if Saban had stayed at my at the Miami Dolphins and gotten Drew Brees instead of him going to the Saints where would balance of power be in college football at this point yeah, man, we can play the what if game. Oh God, yeah. Home. You know what I mean? There, there's so much stuff like that. Yeah, but I think anybody. I mean, I, I don't know where you stand on it, but I'm going to go ahead and say there is no chance in hell he goes back to the NFL. No, but we're talking about a guy. It's like you know he's got unfinished business. He's the greatest football mind to ever coach ever ever. It's not close, other than Bill Belichick. 
he has nothing left to prove. Yeah. Anybody that's like, oh, well, he, he really shit the bed in, in the pros is a moron. Yeah. Yeah, that's what that's what uh, pretty much the only people who would really say that if you, is if you're just going to criticize him for the sake of criticizing Nick Saban and find a fault somewhere, which are the usual, you know, cast the first stone asshole when it comes to things like that. So yeah, it's like I get it. You know what I mean? It's it's very yep. much like, hey, I'm not a big fan of the guy either, but I also can recognize that he is the best to ever do it. Yeah. And when you talk about just the game itself, my goodness, I mean, Alabama just had it. So that offense is de- definitely one of the best offenses we've ever seen in college football. You know, Mac Jones, 464 yards and five touchdowns. Devontae Smith showing why he won the Heisman Trophy. 215 yards, three touchdowns in one half. Yeah, it's unreal. unreal. And then... Yeah, and even Najee Harris, even though he, you know, had a kind of a pedestrian seventy-nine yards, he was bowling over people for two touchdowns. So you you look at this offense, and Mac Jones even said, you know, he feels like they're the greatest team to ever play, and a lot of that, of course, is because they played all those SEC games. Because usually you've got eight SEC games and then four warm-up games, really, when it comes to that. So I can see the argument, but again, the way this season went with COVID, I just can't give them the full Monty on that. Is it are they one of the best teams ever? Probably. The fact that they made it through thirteen and zero and looked, I mean, their, their average margin of victory I think was twenty nine points per game. So pretty darn good. Even though man, that LSU team last year was pretty damn impressive too. Yeah, I, I mean, it's wild to say that for anybody to say they're one of the greatest teams ever, especially this year's is so unprecedented, and I think we're yeah. going to you know, live the rest of our lives thinking kind of, you know, what if? Like if? If we weren't dealing with COVID, would Alabama have dominated, you know, so ferociously? Yeah. Um, now, I do think, I, you know, my pick at the beginning of the year was our Tennessee Volunteers doing the national championship, but of I course. didn't bet any money on that. But I did bet at the beginning of the year that Alabama would win it, and got paid. So, yep. uh, you know, money money talks, as they say. Uh, yep. Longer savings there, I'm going to bet on. Yeah. And th- no one's going to ever fault you for doing something like that. Absolutely. Ohio State looks like maybe not playing that full schedule kind of caught up to them. They were struggling. I mean, they were they hung with them for a while, but then Alabama just – ran away with it. Of course, when you lose Trey Sermon right there on the first drive to an injury, that, you know, that isn't good. And Justin Fields, he was fine. He wasn't outstanding by any sense of the imagination. He only had 194 yards and a touchdown. But, I mean, he wasn't bad. But it wasn't just that star thing. I just think a lot of that caught up to Ohio State over the course of this season, I think finally they just ran into a wall with Alabama. Yeah, and that's it seems like so many of these teams do. They dominate yep. other places, and then they run into a wall at Alabama. Yeah, they do that. They have a propensity to do that, and they just knocked the crap out of everybody they faced, which was just amazing. I mean, if you bet on Alabama a lot this season, you probably made a lot of money. Yep, the, the problem with Alabama this year has been trying to bet the spread because you just – there's so many times that I'm like, they're not going to beat that team by 45. Come on, and then they yeah, go. and then it's and then it's a nightmare, and you lose money. 
But that's just the way that's where we are in the world right now. Yeah. You I mean, you look at their schedule, it, it was almost the opposite of what we had as Tennessee fans with this Alabama team. Because we talked I talked about this a few podcasts ago where the only game I had I got like worked up and had to get worried about was the South Carolina game when it was close and it went down to the end and they muffed the punt and all that stuff. Like every other game that Tennessee played all season, they were either blowing a team out or getting blown out. So I just never had to worry about anything. Alabama had the same thing all season long. I mean, they weren't stressed at all. Even the the Florida game and the SEC championship game, yeah, it got close, but I mean, Honestly, I was never going to worry about that, even with a failed onside kick and whatever they had to deal with. Yeah, man. I mean, I, I, it's just been it's been such a weird betting year. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. even, even for us, I don't bet on Tennessee anyway. But like, even if I had plenty of money and really wanted to, I would have stayed away from us every every game this year. Yeah, especially going in, going into the Georgia game, we played them tough for a half, and then the rest of the year, I'm just like, well, maybe we can get back to that. And then we just never do. Yeah. It's just it's a nightmare all the way around. Honestly, though, if you were someone who is a betting man, and we we both are, uh, betting betting men, I guess if you come for it, if you were betting the favorites in the NFL, boy, you you had a bad week <laughs> when it came to all these playoff games. I think the Saints at 11 points was the only favorite, I think, that – was able to at least cash you out. Everybody else lost, and some of them lost outright when it came to a lot of these. It was a crazy wild card weekend. Yep, agreed. The The worst part of the NFL for me this weekend is the only reason I'm watching right now is because of my parlays. I had uh, five parlays out this weekend, Shibley, and I missed them all by a combined six points. Oof. So, yeah, four of my five, I only missed one. So. Yeah. If if you know if Derrick Henry doesn't have the worst game of his literal career, then yep. I would have I'd be out of one like twenty five hundred bucks. But of course yeah. not. Why would I? Yeah, I I had that. I had a little parlay going, not as big as some of the ones that you do, but I had a smaller one, and one of them had yeah Derrick Henry just needed over one hundred and twenty yards, and I was yeah. like, oh he'll get that. Boy, I, I was had him. Uh, mine wasn't even that crazy, man. It was a seven picker. Uh, bet twenty bucks on it, which I usually only do ten. But it was one of those things that I thought I was really solid. Like, you know what I mean? I, and I had Derrick Henry on the over for 120 and him scoring a touchdown. Yep. Did neither. But, I mean, I the ones in that game were wild. I even had, like, Lamar Jackson's under on passing and over on rushing, him scoring a rushing touchdown, A.J. Brown score. Like, I had – I picked everything perfectly, and then Derrick Henry shits the bed. So, I'm just – so – they, they almost had – like the Titans almost had a fan. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Almost right there, and now they killed it. Yeah, they, di- they did. And it's one of these things where talking about that game with the Titans, they got out to a 10 nothing lead in that game, and you thought, oh, my goodness, you know, Lamar Jackson's just never going to be a high-caliber quarterback. And he finally got something resembling redemption. That was a great that 48-yard touchdown run that he had was just insane and it got them back in the game and the Ravens rally and win 20 to 13. Oh, I was at work hollering, Shibley. Yeah. Like, with a customer, I turn around and hit there he breaks away and I'm like I've got him on the over and a touchdown. It's about to happen right here. 
and then yeah, I'm already spending my money, and then Derrick Henry rushes for 45 yards. I just cannot express how upset I am at, at the Titans. It, it just it was inc- incredible when you look at everything that happened. And also, one of the other things that happened, Justin Tucker missed a field goal, which doesn't happen for Baltimore. He's like the most automatic human being on the planet when it comes to kicking. Yeah, it's not even like, it's not a thought you have to worry about anymore. Yeah, especially inside 50 yards. It's like, oh, he's got this. I'm just going to go make a pot of tea and we'll be done. But oh, oh shit, he missed. What the hell was that? It's wild, but what do you do? And then you look at some of the other games that happened. The Bills winning a home playoff game for the first time in a long time. I mean, the Bills, they've been struggling in the postseason, even to make the postseason since the Music City Miracle. And they really took care of the Colts. The Colts came back on them a little bit, but it wasn't really that close for a lot of that game. Yeah, first playoff win in 25 years for the Bills. And hats off to him. Uh, and and their franchise, they've got some loyal ass fans up there, man. Yeah, I mean Bills, what Bills Nate, Bills Army, whatever they Bills call Mafia, them. Bills Mafia. That is our good friend Chase Dyer is a fan just because they jumped through tables before their games. So yep, it is. Uh, it's hard to it's hard to fault them. I'll say that. Yeah, another one that was surprising to me because I bet the under and got missed on that was the Rams beating the Seahawks thirty to twenty in the wild card matchup, especially because, again, the Seahawks had started out so well this season, but then Russell Wilson, that's, that offense just ran into a brick wall, really, when it came to a lot of stuff. That whole let Russell Cook idea finally just expired, and they fired their offensive coordinator uh, just, I think, last uh, yesterday. So it's it's a mess down there. We'll see. I, of course, I hate both of these teams being a Niners fan, so it's still not great. Right, no, I, I'm right there with you. But the biggest story coming out of Saturday was the fact that, of course, Tom Brady did lead another team to a playoff win as the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defeated the Washington football team 31-23. But the big story of the game was the fact that Washington's backup, backup quarterback, Taylor Henke, came in and just had one of the most amazing performances you've ever seen by a backup quarterback, no matter if he win or loses. That was just insane the way he was playing that game with reckless abandon. Yeah, 100%, man. I, I think uh, I, you got to take the shots that you're given. Um, and yep. I think he did. What's crazy about the game is I had a couple of friends bet big money on the uh, – you know, for the the bucks to beat the points, mm-hmm. they are ready to burn the guy's house down now. So, oh, I'm sure. It's, especially when I heard Alex Smith went down. You know, I was yep. telling my buddies, I was like, take the alternate spread. The bucks are going to win by two touchdowns, and was wrong. So, you yep. know, maybe they'll burn my house down. Who knows? Yeah, 306 yards passing, just an amazing. And what was amazing to me too, just the way he balled out. But it, it just some hometown cooking. He played at Old Dominion University, which uh, just for a long time, they didn't have a football team. They had a football team way back in their history, but then it was gone for so long. We didn't have, you know, we had Norfolk State, but we didn't have another uh, school with, uh, you know, at at the Division I level until Old Dominion resurrected it in the early 2000s. 
So he's been the best player they've had there, make it all the way to the NFL. Of course, he got a lot of uh, publicity for playing in the XFL. Doing It was the St. Louis team, whatever it was, they were doing all those beer chugging. He was a part of all of that. So what a, just a great story this kid has. And hopefully maybe he'll get a shot with the Washington football team going forward. I definitely think he's going to, you know, maybe he lives a, a, a Jim Sorgi life and just, you know, lives the rest of his life as a backup. Yeah, you can make a lot of money doing that. Well, who who was Garoppolo backed up Brady years ago, right? Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe this he, he could be another Garoppolo story, who knows, or another Steve Young story. Yeah, another Tom be, Brady story. You know what I mean? It would be amazing, and I, hey, I'm rooting for the kid. We'll see where it goes from there. Of course, it could be just the 15 minutes of fame, and that's it. But he could live with that for a long, long time too. Yep, 100. percent Meanwhile, the other matchups in the NFL, you've got uh, the Bears and the Saints. Uh, again, the, the the Saints just dominated the Bears. The Bears' offense just disappeared for moments at a time. So we'll see where the Saints go there um, as the Saints just pull away late for that 21-9 playoff win. Nothing spectacular, really, in that one, but it's a playoff win for the Saints. Yeah, I mean, it was the only game that really made perfect sense. <laughs> yep. There's not much to say about it. Other than I lost the parlay there by one. So yep. what it's just a bad weekend for me. But good weekend for the Saints. But then a main the main event, of course, was one where everybody did a double take where all of a sudden you look up with the Browns and the Steelers are playing. You look, oh, the Browns are up seven nothing. Okay, whatever. They got a score. The Steelers will respond. And then you look up and it's twenty one nothing. It's like, what the f- fuck was happening that was just amazing this was a bizarro world as the browns defeat their hated rival the pittsburgh steelers 48 37 in just a crazy scoring game and yep. uh, win their first playoff game in forever win their first road playoff game since 1969 that's how long ago that's been yeah and i mean baker had a really great game nick chubb kind of you know did his thing um, but, I mean, the Browns are, are not to be trifled with. Now, the Steelers have fallen off. You know, they, they started out, what were they, 10-0, 11-0 at one point? 11-0. Um, yeah, so they've lost, what, like five of their last six? Yep. So, you, I mean, you caught a Steelers team on the way down, um, but you it's still the friggin' Browns taking advantage. You know what I mean? So, yeah. more power to them. Yeah, I mean, Ben Roethlisberger – he had 501 yards passing, but four interceptions, especially all those early ones, that will come and bite you in the ass, and it happened. Is this the end of Ben Roethlisberger, or do you think he's got one more year to at least try and salvage this? Man, I, are you asking if Roethlisberger is going to play again? Because the answer is yes. Are you asking if he's ever going to have another playoff run? The answer is no. No. I could see that. and As people have mentioned, too, the cap space, even if they cut him, I still think he's against the cap anyway. So you can't really go out and spend money on a back another quarterback. So it's like you got him, and you got Mason Rudolph, unless you draft a quarterback, which the Steelers might have to do. At well, this, I, point. I think the Steelers should be drafting a quarterback regardless. Yeah, um, I just think that is what makes the most sense. But, you know, they're going to be way on down the list. Who are you going to get in the 22nd pick of the draft? You know what I mean? Yeah. So, uh, you're not getting Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields. You you might get Jerry Garantano. How about that? Yeah. (laughs) Well, that could be be a real big uh, 
Whew, that'd be a nut. That'd be nuts. What, what blows my mind is I watched a little bit um, of the Steelers game last week, and they Dobbs played. Not a ton, but enough. Yeah. Uh, it blows my mind that they won't give Josh Dobbs a, more of a look than they are, but they also don't pay me to be a, an NFL coach. So, you yep. know, what do I Yeah, people above us in the pay grade are the ones getting – that pay. We will pick the playoff games at the end of the show. Uh, of course, see if we can make you guys some money as you guys hang on and listen to us here. Some of the other things going on in the world of sports, one of the big ones, of course, is happening as the NBA season has been underway for a little while. The big story, of course, James Harden out of Houston being the curmudgeon that he's been down there for a little bit has been traded to the Brooklyn Nets. So you've got Kevin Durant, with Kyrie Irving, another just malcontent curmudgeon human being, are going to be playing with James Harden. That's This either has the ability to be brilliant or an ability to just explode in everybody's faces. I think it's going to be the latter. Uh, I just, man, I, you, you got it. the whole group of just individual divas that, in my opinion, are not good enough to stand alone. I don't think Kyrie is good enough to be a star on his own. He, he flourished when he had LeBron. KD, you know, did great with the Thunder and then won his – but he, you know, needed Steph and the guys to, to get his championship. James Harden's not even been really that close. So, yeah, uh, I think all these guys are not good enough to be stars on their own, which normally means get them together and maybe they've got a shot. But these guys all think that they should be stars in their own right, and they're just not. Yeah. I mean, Tony Kornheiser of PTI – described it best every time James Harden gets to the conference final game seven a few years ago when he's playing against the Warriors just couldn't he couldn't hit water if he fell out of a boat the way he was shooting he compared it to Mike Tyson looking for his mouthpiece after Buster Douglas knocked him out so it's it, it's amazing we'll see if I mean if they're able to somehow gel and I don't know because Kyrie Irving is lost on his flat earth somewhere he hasn't even played lately which has just been weird but he's just a malcontent anyway it's obnoxious that's why i was like why are you even signing this guy i wouldn't play with him anyway yeah i'm right there with you i I have no idea yeah i I get what the nets are doing i mean harden's arguably one of the best scorers in the league like he wants to play with other stars and you have stars and maybe let's get this guy. And you're right. If they mesh, they can win an NBA championship, but I just don't see them meshing. Yeah. And it, it, as bad as you have everything happening in Knoxville, and we'll talk about the Vols, of course, Ty Chandler uh, deciding to transfer. He's going to play at North Carolina. We wish him all the best there uh, as, Hey, you got to make a move. If it's what you feel is necessary, go with it. But you look at the sports world, at least one city that's not as crazy as Knoxville is for once, it's the city of Houston, where, of course, you had Harden being just an insane person down there, but also with the Texans, Deshaun Watson, who is one of the most loyal people I've ever seen. I mean, he went to one of their games. He took the bus because he couldn't fly because of the collapsed lung and punctured lung that he had, the pressure in the plane wasn't good. He still made the damn game, for crying out loud, but now he feels like ownership down there is not treating him well. He wants out of Houston. But at least for once, Knoxville's not the craziest place in the sporting world. It's Houston, Texas. Right. I mean, and such a mild-mannered guy, too. You know what oh, I mean? yeah. Just, just the nicest guy in the world. 
And just, I mean, how bad does it have to be in the Texans organization that Deshaun Watson is like, ah, I got to get out of here. But that blows yep. my mind. Oh, I agree completely. But, of course, with Tennessee, you've had some COVID issues as the basketball team was trying uh, to get some play going. And that was not the case as this season has come not to a screeching halt, but it has stopped a little bit as Tennessee was scheduled to play Vanderbilt uh, yesterday as of this recording, but they were not able to because of COVID outbreaks in the Vanderbilt basketball program. They had moved the Vanderbilt game up because Vanderbilt had to postpone another game. So Tennessee is still scheduled to play Vanderbilt this is the home. They were going to play at Vanderbilt during the week and then play home against Vanderbilt on Saturday. So, yes, it's as confusing as I made it sound, the way this has all been going. That game on Saturday is still scheduled, so we'll see if Tennessee, still ranked 10th in the country, can get back and uh, take care of Vanderbilt, which is always good. Uh, but Tennessee did take care of Texas A&M last Saturday, beating them up 68-54 and any road win in the SEC is a good one, no matter who you're playing. Yeah, completely agree. And I think um, I think Barnes is, is the type of coach to have our guys just ready to go whenever. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. I don't I don't think that um, the the chaos is going to affect Tennessee as much as it is other teams for sure. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Rick Barnes, I have total belief in him, so we're good there. Meanwhile, the Lady Vols. Uh, have been doing really well. As I mentioned last week's show, they took care of Arkansas as we were broadcasting, beating the 13th ranked at the time Razorbacks. They beat LSU at LSU by one point, but doing that was impressive enough as Tennessee has moved up into the top 25, back where they belong, for crying out loud, as they are ranked 23rd in the country now. They are facing Georgia as we speak, Lady Vols always seem to be playing as we record this podcast. Currently, they are up 20-17 to 17 in the first quarter uh, against the Georgia Bulldogs in Thompson Bowling Arena. So, Lady Vols getting back on track, which feels good. Hopefully, Kelly Harper can get this team back up into the rankings and hopefully even back up further and back into the top 10 where they belong. Yeah, she said, uh, I think it was earlier this week, they, they asked her what she felt like uh, to be ranked again, and she said, this is where we belong. But why? You should never ask a Lady Vol basketball coach what it feels like to be ranked. <laughs> like, you know, we're yeah. supposed to be. Yeah, that's just that's just a given at that point. So, there you have it. Uh, meanwhile, uh, you want to talk about something stupid going on in the world is – this is one of the dumbest things. This could only happen in a place like Germany when you look at everything going on in the world. Um, the German Player Association for soccer, and this is a Bund- the Bundesliga is the German Soccer Federation. The German Hairdresser Association has protested how Bundesliga players are getting haircuts despite coronavirus restrictions that have prevented up to 80,000 hairdressers in Germany from opening their shops since mid-December. It's just insane. You're having rogue barbers to get haircuts before matches. That's what's happening in Germany. It's nuts. And it would only be something that would make just the news in Germany like that. Yeah, no, for sure. Now, I will tell you this, man. During like the bubble, um, the NBA it was employing barbers to, to cut the player's hair. Um, so maybe it's one of those situations. But I do understand how 
an entire country or, you know, an entire group of people that do the same job in a country could be pissed off that they're out of work, but nobody, you know, but special circumstances are being made. You know, that's how it is in the rest of the world. Yeah, exactly. And that's where it's one of these things where you talk about privilege of what have you. It's just nuts. Uh, Again, Mrs. Shibbles has been just buzzing my hair, which has been great. We just go out on our back porch and just put it on the one guard and buzz it. It's simple, it's easy, and I look fly, so who cares? (laughs) I did that for 20 years, bro. Yep. If anything, I would be like, leave the little strip in the middle for the mohawk. But other than that... Yeah, I, I see. Uh, yeah, I have a whole. I've got a barber uh, in and of myself. Maybe they'll sponsor this show someday. I've never thought to ask them. But. That would be good. Yeah, we could. Hey, anybody wants to hit us up, you you can find me, Michael underscore Shibley on Twitter. You want to hit me up? I'm I'm all for it. Uh, speaking of, uh, you talk about consequences and arguments and the crazy world we live in. By the way, going back to Alabama winning the national championship. You would think their students and people in Tuscaloosa would be used to this with how many national championships they've won over the years since Saban's been there, but you saw everybody just packed into Tuscaloosa. Very little masks. Uh, Tuscaloosa could be a new super spreader area if they don't watch it when it comes to COVID with all that. Yeah. Two things. Wear your damn mask, but part two, I'm never going to get used to winning national championships. Is the next powerhouse. I'm going to be on the strip every single time. Yeah. It, it, yeah. I mean, I remember when Tennessee beat Florida. The closest we got was in 2001 when Tennessee finally won at Florida. And we were out partying on the strip, uh, which was just great. Of course, too many people, as I've said many times, were counting their chickens before they hatched, uh, thinking, oh, we're going to go play Miami in the Rose Bowl because we beat LSU in the regular season. And then we fell bad on flat on our fucking face. That was one of the most just infuriating games I've ever seen, but it was a great moment celebrating the win over Florida. Oh yeah. I was there. <laughs> it was, yeah. uh, I was six, but I was there. Yeah. Jeez. You're six as a freshman in college. Good God. Okay. Oh, that was 20. That would be 20 years ago that when that happened, that was the last time Tennessee really came close to sniffing a national championship, which is a whole nother issue that I'm sure we'll talk about next football season. Exactly. As we move along. Okay, so I am going to mention this. Uh, I, I mentioned this to Trey real quick. Just we, we we try and look for the sports angle when it comes to some of these things that happen in the world of politics. And it does look like things are happening in the world of sports in response to what happened uh, with the uh, failed insurrection at the United States Capitol as followers of President Trump tried to overturn a free and fair election by storming the Capitol. Five people ended up dead. Uh, Repercussions, we don't know all of them as of yet. We will see. But you do see organizations distancing themselves from Donald Trump and some other organizations. The PGA is one of those. As the PGA of America, a professional golf association, for those of you who don't know, have said in a statement that they are going to relocate the 2022 PGA Championship scheduled for Trump's National Golf Club at Bedminster there in the suburbs of New York City. They're going to move it. Uh, Them saying PGA of America Board of Directors voted tonight to exercise the right to terminate the agreement to play uh, there. It has become clear that conducting the PGA Championship at Trump Bedminster Uh, would be detrimental to the PGA of America brand and would put risk the PGA's ability to deliver on many programs and sustain the longevity of our mission. So 
I think they have made that statement very clear that they see what happened and they're like, no, we're not putting our name with this. This is beyond the Michael Jordan Republicans buy sneakers too kind of statement. Yep, 100%. Um, and I think, uh, you know, I don't have a ton to say about it on this podcast, um, but uh, the only thing I will say is good. Yeah. You, you can't just, the, the optics are not good with that. Uh, you also, of course, have over in England, uh, the Turnberry uh, course where that Trump owns is also out of the British Open rotation at the time being. We'll see where all that goes. And, of course, the other big news around so much of this in sports, of course, you had other players, including at the University of Kentucky, along with their head coach, John Calipari, taking a knee at their game against Florida uh, during the national anthem. And you have other players around the NBA and such taking knees because of what happened at the Capitol over the last week. You also had uh, Bill Belichick was uh, going to be awarded a Trump Medal of Freedom well, it's a Medal of Freedom, and they give that to it's the highest civilian honor anybody can receive. Uh, Pat Summit got one from Barack Obama back after she had been diagnosed with Alzheimer's, but Bill Belichick saw after the recent events that he's decided not to do that. So again, you have actions, you have consequences for your actions. I will just say that when it comes to some of these things. Yeah, and, and you know, so much of it, you know, there's there's going to be a certain degree of this that is just. Um, I don't want to say virtue signaling because that just seems so aggressive, but right, that, yeah, that's it, what it is to a certain degree with some people. But I mean, someone like Bill Belichick to come out and say, I don't want the Medal of Freedom if it's coming, you know, if it's coming from you, that's that's huge. That is a massive deal. Um, and, and when I read that, my first thought was like, Minnie's. Why is Bill Belichick getting that award? Yeah. But um, either way, you know, I definitely think it's, uh, you know, they definitely, um, it's, uh, I'm trying to find the best way to put it. <laughs> uh, good. I'm glad. Yeah, it, it's a situation. Yeah. And things are, yeah. Again, consequences for certain actions with optics and what have you. Uh, and again, this isn't a political podcast, but we saw the sports route so i decided to take it uh and again if you want to debate any of these things with me michael underscore shibley on twitter i am happy to have that discussion in of course a nice polite way because my twitter has not been you know permanently banned so there you have it i'm sure trey i'm sure yours has not been banned as well not yet i mean if mine gets banned it's going to be for stalking lane kiffin and begging him to come coach our football team but that's a whole different thing that's a completely different animal that we do not have time to get into all the deepness of that consequence here on this fine program. Meanwhile, with the world of wrestling, not a busy week in the world of wrestling. Uh, you have in the WWE, they're marching toward the Royal Rumble, which of course, as we get closer, we will break down that. It's still my favorite event we have of the year. I love the Royal Rumble and the WWE. And, of course, with AEW, I mean, the big thing, of course, Kenny Omega is just gathering allies. You had the Good Brothers, uh, f- former Bullet Club members, and then, of course, they were joined by the Young Bucks, but that looks like that situation could be contentious. But that's really it. Nothing huge in the world of wrestling, but still entertaining as always. Got to love some AEW wrestling. Yeah, for sure, man. I mean, I think AEW... 
is uh, is still the best programming out right now. My favorite part about AEW, for sure, is just the like Jericho was making the uh, Sammy Guevara is uh, teaming up with Jake Hager, and they were like, "Oh, it's Sammy, Sammy and Hager," and he's like, "Sammy Hager," yeah, and, and Sammy Guevara didn't get the joke. Uh, so I don't know. Things like that are just like, oh, you, you, we know that this isn't just for the new generation. You know yeah, saying? that was funny because yeah, it's like Sammy Hagar. Why is that funny? <laughs> he doesn't know. It's like he's twelve years old. Of course, he doesn't know who Sammy Hagar is. Good lord. Uh, that will be fun though. Watching all the inner circle tag teams fight each other. That will be definitely something to watch next week. Definitely interesting, to say the least. Yeah. You ready to try and win some people some money and pick some games here for the NFL playoffs as we wrap up this fine program? Oh, I feel like I did so bad last time. I've got to redeem myself. All right, let's do it. All right. You've got the Rams traveling to Lambeau Field, so they're, you know, moving to whatever the weather's going to be like at Lambeau Field on Saturday. Uh, the Packers are a six-and-a-half-point favorite. I like the Packers to win that one. Aaron Rodgers is the MVP this year in my vote. Uh, I've liked the Packers winning by more than a touchdown. Yeah, what's the the spread on that one? It's six and a half. Uh, go to the bank. Take <laughs> your money. The Packers are winning by two touchdowns. Bet the alternate spread. Get them at ten. Yeah, I, I, I agree. You could do that. Uh, yeah, make yourself a little extra money I think would be really good. Meanwhile, the other matchup on Saturday, this is a good one. They've got really a lot of great playoff matches, at least on paper. I'm excited to see. Uh, you've got the Ravens against the Bills. With Again, the Bills looking to just move and win more playoff games and get back to the Super Bowl, maybe win it after losing it four straight years in the 90s against the Ravens team that finally Lamar Jackson got the monkey off his back. We'll see if that continues. But again, Buffalo favored by two and a half. I like the Bills Mafia, who, however many are allowed in the, in the stands. I do like Buffalo to get the win in that one. And also, I like them to cover, too. I'm going with the favorite. Yeah, I think if uh, I think that if, if this was a full home game for the Bills, if they had all Bills Mafia in the stadium, I think that they just barely edge it out. But I think, man, like you said, Lamar Jackson's got the monkey off his back. I definitely think he's going to uh, continue to shine. I think they get the Bills. Yep. Meanwhile, you've got on Sunday, you've got the Browns, again, winning their first playoff game in forever, but they're facing the defending Super Bowl champion, the Kansas City Chiefs, who have had almost two weeks, really, because nobody important really played in Week 17 to put their feet up and just relax. We'll see. Hopefully, they stayed sharp, though. Uh, The Kansas City Chiefs are favored by 10 points there at home at Arrowhead against the Browns. I like the Chiefs to win the game, but I think the Browns keep it closer. I would bet on the Browns in this one. Yeah, I think the Browns cover for sure. Uh, I, I do think it's going to be a lot closer than people think, um, but I think you know Baker and those guys just don't have enough firepower to keep up with the Chiefs. Yep. And then the matchup, the primetime matchup, Sunday night on Fox. It's Brady versus Breeze 3. The Saints have won the other two matchups, and both of them – in impressive fashion, really, when you look at it. But again, it is hard to beat a team twice a year, let alone three times, especially in the NFL. And honestly, and I picked, it sucks because I picked the Saints to make the Super Bowl, but in this game, even though New Orleans favored by three, I'm going with the Buccaneers to win it outright. Uh, Have you ever seen the movie Grudge Match? 
Yes. Stallone. I think this is the, the football version of that movie. This is just two old men just trying their best. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> two of the greatest quarterbacks to ever play. Um, I think the difference is going to be the Saints running game. I think Kamara is having one of the best years of his career. Um, I mean, he scored six touchdowns a couple of weeks ago in, in a game. They still find him. Uh, but you know, I think, I think you know, not just to be a Tennessee homer by any means, but I think Alvin Kamara, uh, and I think the uh, it's going to be the difference. I think the Saints win that game. All right. Well, we'll see. Hopefully we have some money. Oh, and of course, official breaking news. It looks like that they've done everything. The Jacksonville Jaguars have hired coach Urban Meyer to be their new head coach. So, wow. That's why that's the first I've heard of it. Jeez. Yeah. Hell yeah. I'm to have Urban Meyer let him get a hold of Trevor Lawrence. Could be big. Yeah, it could be. That'll be really interesting to see. Uh, of course, he'll. I'm assuming he'll coach for about three, four years, and then develop another heart condition and retire again, like his just his want to do. So, but hey, big news, breaking news here uh, on, on this fine program. Uh, but anyway, Trey, uh, where can they find you for the yucks and socials and all those good things? You can find me on Twitter at Trey Pack T R E P A C K. You can find me on Instagram at TreyPack1 because the original Trey Pack is taken and Instagram won't respond to my emails. Uh, but uh, you can find me, uh, most importantly, on Facebook, just Trey Pack, if you want to see where I'm going to be telling these jokes, um, which I'm about to leave uh, this fine program and get dressed and go hit the show that is tonight. So uh, obviously you're not going to be hearing that, but, you know, ask me next time how it went. How about that? I will. Absolutely. And of course, you can find me, Michael underscore Shibley, on Twitter and of course on the Facebook and Instagram pages for this fine show, The Man in the Arena Podcast. Just search it. You can see me holding Smokey, looking like a schmuck in the photo. It's all there. Uh, we'll post updates and things when breaking news does happen. Check on all that. And of course, wherever you listen to this fine show, give us a like, give us a subscription, five star reviews. It helps us get us out into the world of greater podcasting as we continue to take over the podcasting world. But hopefully we got some great sports and more good things to talk about next week as we get closer to great championship game football. You ready for all that, Trey? I'm down, man. We just got a couple more weeks. You know, when foot, it seems when football goes away, I tend to, to not be around so much. So it's, I'm glad to, you know, it's been a fun year, and I'm really happy to see how the next couple weeks go. Absolutely. Well, everybody, too sweet. Love you. See you next week. <laughs>